If you want to support our podcast financially, please visit patreon.com slash IIMBSB. Also, email us with questions or ideas at ifimaypodcast at gmail.com. In this episode, we each share a few recent wins. And then we jump into the Jonah Hill, Sarah Brady controversy, and we do a little role play of what kind of interaction the two of them could have had. Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships. I'm Dan Epstein, recording artist, Enneagram 4 at ADHDJ. I'm Justin Waring Crane, model, actress, singer dancer, mathematician. I know what you're thinking. Ah! What am I thinking? She's wearing lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing lipstick today because my lips are so chapped. And then because of that, there's like scabbed. And so I'm like, I covered it up. I tried to cover it up with lipstick to like hide the scabs. Um, I don't think it's working, but second thing. Okay. Um, I, you know how I have this um, persona that I like to pretend to myself, which is that I'm a mathematician. Yes. Okay. Cause famously I'm like pretty bad at math. Um, and I think that maybe used to bother me. And like, I really struggled with math in school. Yeah. And it was like, it was, a dr- it was so dreaded. Like, yeah. I just like, I like math would make me cry. Well, I can, I know how you sometimes get flooded. If you like, you feel like something, you're not going to understand something. And I see the way you can kind of like, have like a, basically a panic reaction. Yeah. So I'm imagining that. Yeah, yeah. And math was math just felt so like inaccessible to me. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe part of my healing as an adult has taken this form of where I like pretend that I'm a mathematician. Um and I kind of just like, like Yeah, like that's how uh, you like, understand the world. I like close my eyes and I'm like you know, like twitching and I'm like oh, yeah. like doing an equation, yeah. like <laughs> chuckling to yourself about like something I'm like, that just like I finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah, like that's what, and those those movies are like you know like representations in film or TV where it's like the huge chalkboard. It's covered. Mm-hmm. It's covered in equations. Sure. And like Goodwill Hunting, obviously it was like oh, just like everyone's thrilling. everyone's like gathered around watching somebody yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, go yeah. like <laughs> in their flow state. Oh on, yeah, or on like the whiteboard. His fantasy in Rushmore, you know, yeah, it's so good. It's huge and uh, like hidden figures. We could go on. But, um, so my latest, um, dream as I should come up with a name for myself, my mathematician self. Um, but my latest dream is to create a new number. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah I have a few other things but I want to hear from you what do you want to share I think my meds are working 
Great. It's interesting. I've never really, I'm pretty sensitive to substances and pills and I've never really had the experience of like, well, that's not true. I did for a while. This one migraine medication was like, changed my life, you know, but it's not really so good anymore. But, um, I've never really had the experience of being like, oh, my, my, uh, Physiology is very well suited to this medication. Uh, and I feel that so far with That's my great. new ADHD slash depression med called Stratera. Hell yeah. Also, as an Enneagram 4, I'm like, this medication only works for like, you know, not that many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm part of, I'm, I'm one of the chosen mm-hmm. people. Um, What else do I want to share? I have had, yeah, like some... I cried a lot in therapy yesterday in a way that I've never really done. Like I've cried in therapy and I've cried somewhat hard in therapy, but this was like one of the, this was an example where she like had me go with this feeling, this like internalized belief, like really intrusive thought that I sometimes have about my life. And she had me just like go all the way into that belief and that feeling and like feel it as much as I could and stay with it for like probably 10 minutes. It's a long time. And eventually my body got exhausted from feeling that because it was so intense. And I started to feel it like the muscles of that feeling or emotion like fatiguing and then... <laughs> she was like she was like I'm having the instinct to come give you a hug because and I just started crying so much and she like came and sat next to me and put her hand on me on my back and my shoulder and it was it was I like god when I'm in therapy I'm so I'm when I'm in therapy I'm like <sighs> it's uncomfortable always for me I'm like talking through these things. I'm like kind of on one that one hand, like sick of saying the same things, talking through things that I've been struggling with for so long. And I feel it's like hard to be observed doing that. And part of me is like imagining other people in therapy, like being really like uninhibited and like, and like dynamic and like charismatic or something. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm like, this is the version is for me. And I'm like accepting that, but I'm also like, not very fun. No, it's not. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like I like loosened the grip a bit of my like control mechanism in that session. And it felt r- encouraging, I guess. That feels good, right? Feels freeing. I was crying in group therapy. Oh, you were? Last night. Yeah. It was like, I don't, and I don't like to cry in therapy, even just like individual therapy. I still don't like yeah. to. Why don't you? Because uh, I feel just like ugly. Yeah. yeah. I was saying to her, I was like, I mean, it's interesting you have that. And I think probably so many people do have that. But I'm kind of like, my experience of it when it's happening is I'm like, nobody wants to watch a man like ball his eyes out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like that is so deep in me of like, nobody wants to see this from me, Mm. you know, 
It's going to make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It might make them like judge me. It's going to like, even if it's like kind of, you know, this isn't good that it's this way. Like it's going to like trigger their own aversion to emotion or something. So in a way, I guess it's like a people pleasing instinct. Sorry to cut you off. Did you cut me off? Well, you were saying you were crying in therapy. Oh, oh, um, yeah, but I, but I actually like every time I do let myself cry, um, and share something that I'm struggling with, it's like every single time I feel better, mm-hmm. but the resistance is still there every single mm-hmm. time. So <clears throat> I was actually talking about our fight. It wasn't even really a fight, but our <laughs> the time in Santa Cruz Island. Mm, on our camping trip. Yeah. Maybe we'll share that in a future episode. Great. Um, yeah. The other note I had was Sondheim. Not that good. Yeah. <laughs> you hate Sondheim. You really hate Sondheim. <laughs> yeah. Is that a comp for something else you hate? It's in a similar way to the, you hating Sondheim? Is there something else I, yeah, I hate similarly? Yeah, something like, that's in a similar basket for you? Uh, good question. Not that I can think of right now, but, um. How, how does it feel to be uh, recording the podcast again for you and like putting them out? Um, oh, actually feels kind of good. Like it feels better than it ever has. Mm. Um, maybe one, because I'm feeling pretty good mm-hmm. in my life this year and <clears throat> my mental health has been strong mm. overall. I would say the. <laughs> the other thing that is very much on my mind is this this is not the first th- time I've thought of this or felt this or even probably expressed it on some level here is just the notion that getting into a quote unquote healthy relationship is going to make your life easy mm. and like your journey like kind of um devoid of storms Mm. is wrong yeah some things do get easier and other things get harder and it's all like super worthwhile if you're doing it in a way that feels like true and you have somebody who's like with their you with you there right yeah and i'm experiencing that on a different level than i ever have where the things there's things that I have come to understand for a long time that are like my traumas, my demons, you know, my areas of woundedness, I will say, from childhood that I've known about them and understood them for quite some time. And having to, and like being in relationship and having to be observed and um, received regularly living with you it's like the feeling of no escape is way more intense in terms Mm -hmm. of no escape without facing these things yeah no escape from yourself no escape from like being witnessed yeah yeah and i'm pissed about it sometimes yeah same i'm like we don't you don't have to be witnessed all the time though you know yeah but like there's moments where i just feel this like aversion to you mm-hmm. that it's so painful and I feel this shame reaction. Mm, that's so normal. 
Yeah. And like, I feel it too. You know, it's just yeah. like, that's, that happens when you don't have enough space and don't have enough like tension. You know, it's like, there's nothing to run toward because it's like, you're so just already like on top of each other. Yeah. But I think for me, it's also the other realization I had this week and then we can move on is that my relationship to like making music or like whatever creative pursuits I've, I've undergone in my adult life and in also in like sex and relationships, I feel how I have, those things have existed in my mind as a possibility for escape from Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. where it's like, if I, get into a relationship with someone I'm like so into Mm -hmm. or if I get like so good at acting or singing or making music the different things I've done um and I get recognition for it then I will escape this lonely feeling that I um feel like I'm often trying to avoid does that make sense yep and that feels important because I've been trying to figure out what's motivating me in my creative life. And I think sensing that maybe what's motivating me isn't working, Mm, you know, like isn't, isn't a good, healthy place of motivation. Yeah. And I think that's might be it. That might be it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like my perception is if you, if part of you, when you and I started dating was like, yay, like this is like a way I can like escape myself, mm-hmm. which for me too, mm-hmm. it was. Um, it's a rude awakening to be like, oh, actually this person is like bringing me closer to myself yeah. in a way that I yeah, didn't really, really well want. <laughs> yeah, But I absolutely ultimately do want, but mm-hmm. it's not, um, feels bad sometimes, you know, to yeah. be like, like, oh, I can't, I actually can't escape myself. Yeah. And ultimately, hopefully some kind of relief can come from that because maybe you will stop draining energy from your life in that false pursuit, that false refuge. And I think that's a pretty good transition into Jonah Hill, who yes. I suspect might be trying to escape himself too. We want to talk about Jonah Hill. Um, and, you know, we're coming into this when at a point when much has been made of it, much has been said, but just very briefly to kind of orient us all. Um, Jonah Hill's ex, Sarah Brady, who's a professional surfer, uh, leaked or tw- uh, posted screenshots of some texts that her and Jonah had had when they were together in 2021, I believe. And the texts were, uh, people were very divided, but there was a large sentiment that was looking at what he was saying, which what he was saying was basically, here are my conditions for if you want to 
continue being in a relationship with me. And he was wanting her to not post pictures of her in bathing suits or like basically like sexy photos. She wears a bathing suit for her job. Um, and not wanting her to spend time with friends of hers that he deemed to be, I mean, we're going to probably read some of the specifics, uh, deemed to be like wild and unstable. Uh, he just basically, it, it was all things that from an outside perspective seem like he's policing her behavior, but using therapy terms like boundaries, like uh, saying this in the under the the high like under the terms of these are my boundaries and so therefore it's like in order if you care about this relationship you'll respect my boundaries is kind of embedded within that in my opinion um and so there's been a, a lot of damning of him as like oh okay so you're using therapy terms to be abusive emotionally abusive and controlling and also, I think a bit of like, oh, you're a phony because you've presented yourself to the world as someone who's undergone all this therapy. You made a documentary about your therapist and your work with him. And it's all kind of like a big uh, farce. And then there's been people criticizing Sarah for uh, sharing screenshots because it is rare that with celebrities that we get like the unadulterated screenshot of like what actually happened it hasn't been like curated or or managed for the public to receive it so i guess my question to you is we have a relationship podcast we're interested in this type of thing and how relationships can take different uh dysfunctional forms how do you enter into this like what's your first thing that you what are you compelled what's compelling to you about this i think one of the biggest things is that like if you have wounds, right? Anything can be sort of converted into um, hurting people, like including something like therapy terms, right? Or therapy itself. Um, and they mentioned on the Ringer Dish podcast episode where they talked about this that therapy kind of almost has like no accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Except what you bring to your therapist. Sure. Um, so like people like, you know, present themselves, present themselves a certain way to their therapists and people lie in therapy. Um, and so I guess it just, for me highlights like, you know, when people say like, Oh, like that person should go to therapy. It's like that person is in therapy and they're mm -hmm. like still really fucking toxic. And like, mm -hmm. maybe even more so because they now have like all this language, um, to back up what they're doing, even if what they're doing is like really harmful. Um, and you know, it makes me think about this guy that I dated, um, for six months that was like that love bomb situation. Mm -hmm. I would even call it a situationship in some ways because I thought it was so much more serious than he did, even though he presented as if he also thought it was serious. Um, but yeah, he just, he had a lot of therapy language. He had therapy oh, like under his belt. I didn't know. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so to me, it was just, it just felt like, you know, I was attracted to that because it was sort of then a way that he used to like package 
himself. And it's reassuring. It's so reassuring. For people to be yeah. like, oh, this person's working on themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess what I want to talk about today around this is a couple things. One, how this, the conversation, or it wasn't even a conversation, but, and I know that this is like such a small window into the situation mm-hmm. and we don't even have like actual confirmation that it was in fact Jonah Hill, but that's sort of like, you know, yeah, people are sort of understanding that it is. And I don't think he's come out with anything like denying yeah, he hasn't it, denied it yeah. you know? So, um, what comes across, what's, I want to highlight is how this was such, seems like such a missed opportunity for intimacy and Mm -hmm. a chance to like start a conversation. But the way that Mm -hmm. he presents these conditions, we'll say, we'll call them requests um, or demands. Uh, The way he presents them is sort of like, take it or leave it. This is what it is. And it's sort of like a closed door. Right. Um. And so we can talk about how that was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I want to talk about is just some of the words that he uses in these conditions. Like he says that he doesn't want her to like interact with friends from her like quote wild recent past, yeah. right? Beyond like coffee or lunch or something respectful, quote unquote. Um, you know, and he says, I, you know, not post you shouldn't post like sexual photos, right? Quote unquote. Um, friends who are unstable, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So I wanna I wanna talk about that piece of it. Um, okay. So those are the main things. Let's talk about, well... And also the, the misuse, misuse of the word boundaries, right? Which I think some people have highlighted online. It's like, yeah. he's saying these are my boundaries, but what he's um, yeah. what he's describing are not actually boundaries. Yeah, let's talk about the language. Okay. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. So is, do you think we need to read the actual... Well, you just did kind of. Okay. Yeah, I have some of it committed to, it. to memory. But okay, what stands out to me when he tells Sarah that he doesn't want her getting together with friends from her wild recent past beyond something respectful, right? It's like, that's very vague. Um, And it's like something respectful as defined by me. Right. right? So. (laughs) And it's kind of like, you should know what that means. Right. You should know what that means. Um. And it's also giving him all the power, almost positioning him as like this dictator, right? It's like, I get to dictate what a respectful get together is with these people that I don't, I really actually don't approve of, right? Right. Um, There was also that part of it where, oh yeah, this is from the Cut article. So um, an article from the Cut shared a screenshot, a screenshot from... Brady's stories where she wrote that Hill asked her not to spend time with, quote, any friend of mine that he hadn't personally approved of, right? So, um, yeah, I think that's what stands out to me is like, (laughs) it's like, it's just that he gets to define what respectful is. Mm -hmm. He gets to define what sexual photos are. So in the sexual photos piece, it made me think of this internship that I had back in um, my master's degree program where 
I was interning at this um, inpatient psychiatric hospital. And I was like in a group with, you know, some of the residents of the program and we were going around like sharing different interests as like one of the exercises. And I shared that I like to um, go to like different hot springs. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like one of the residents was like, get naked or something like that. Right. And then I was pulled aside by a supervisor no. that was like, we have to be really mindful oh, like of no. what we say because of how like it can be interpreted, right? And so to me, it's like when you, when I see um, that text from Jonah saying like sexual photos, it's like, okay, so if if there's a photo basically that you don't like of this yeah. of your girlfriend, um and you think somebody could like interpret it sexually, like mm-hmm. that's on her. And it's right. like, that's puts all the responsibility on her to like do what? I don't know. Like just, it's just like, it's all like so like boring to me at this point. I can't, I can barely articulate it. Like mm. just sort of the, the kind of like she shouldn't have been wearing that is basically where we end up. Right. right. Well, this is, there's a lot to be inferred from the way he's saying what he's saying to her. And what it makes me think of is he's saying he has boundaries. And basically what he's saying is this shit is all really triggering to me. It like completely just it like it instills fear and, and chaos for me. Yeah. And therefore you, but you like, uh, obeying this equals you showing you care about me and the relationship. One of the biggest things for me with this is um, if people kind of know, they Mm. maybe know what their trauma is, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's like step one, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's, it's great if people know that they have certain traumas or certain like adaptations, right? you could say trust issues. Obviously Mm -hmm. I prefer to say trust adaptations. Um, So whatever that is, like whether they were abandoned or like hurt by their parents or whatever, that's good if you know about that. But then that can become like, instead of like a starting point for some people, I -hmm. feel like they use that as like the ending point. It's like, well, this is what happened to me. So therefore like you have to, yes, you, I'm basically setting up what the rules are for interaction Mm -hmm. with me. And then I don't really have to address this stuff because I already told you, I already told you, this is what it is. I have this trauma and like, you have to kind of get like shape up or ship out basically. Totally. I think some people will like play the game with them and be like, okay, well if that's kind of like the price of entry, like Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, right. And like, and and I'm imagining that like when he, these types of things first came up early on in a relationship, maybe they were presented more mildly or like, you know, um, or maybe she was agreeing to a certain kind of like power dynamic before she was like clear on kind of what it actually was potentially. I don't know. I was talking to a friend about this and he was saying that it reminded him of because I agree with you, it does feel like he's using these conditions as a way to shut down 
deeper conversation and inquiry as to like what's really going on for him internally and for them as a couple. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, all you have to do is this and then we'll be okay. Right. Like... End of story. End of story. And yeah, like you you made this point yesterday. You were saying that Jonah Hill doesn't come off as a person genuinely in dialogue with his own stuff. In this... In this screenshot, screenshot, um, and that everything is sort of externalized and then like turned into her problem. Yeah, it's her problem. Yeah. He's he doesn't have it's not an issue for him to to work on, right? And it just seems like it is a control tactic in many ways. One being, I want to keep the emphasis on your behavior and your like shortcomings. You know that just feels like what this is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's, it's very like externalizing. It's a power move. Yeah. Right. And like as we know or as we all should know, boundaries are never an attempt to control the other person. And if we want to talk about this now, boundaries are not about what the other person is going to do or telling the other person right. what to do, right? So just to give an example, if I say to you, Dan, mm -hmm. Dan, like, please walk home with me. Mm -hmm. For example. <laughs> For example, this has never happened before. Um, we'll talk about this in a future episode. That's a request, right? Me telling Dan, walk home with me. That's a request. If I were to say, my boundary is that you walk home with me. Not really a boundary, right? So for Jonah Hill to be like, my boundary is that you don't post sexual photos, right? right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, but like that's, yeah. But I see like how he mm. got there. And I don't think he was even necessarily like willfully or like knowingly yeah. misusing that term. So benefit of the doubt there. Obviously, I don't, still don't think it's okay. But... Um, and then a boundary would be like, if you don't walk home with me, like I, I'm going to need to like take some time to like think mm. about like this relationship or like, um, maybe a better example would be like, if I ask you like, please don't talk to me like that. Right. That's a mm. request. Mm -hmm. If I say, um, I don't stay in conversations with people who talk to me like that, that's a boundary. Right. It's Cause it's telling you what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with and how I'm going to, what my behavior is going to be. But isn't he saying my behavior is going to be, I'm going to break up with you? Well, yeah, but then he's saying, these are my boundaries for what you are going to be expected to do. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. He's like saying a boundary, like I, I'm not able to be in relationships with people who right. do these things. So it's like he, part of it is a boundary, right? Mm -hmm. But this other part. But is in not. practice, what boundaries accomplish are not, it's not meant to police someone's behavior. Correct. Correct. And it's, yeah, it's some people might put a boundary out there or put a request out there hoping that the other person is going to get with the program mm -hmm. or change their behavior, mm -hmm. you know, and then the other person doesn't. But it's like, you have to honor your boundary like either way. Right. Um, it's And sometimes people do like make yeah. adjustments and changes for you, but that's not the reason that we do it, right? Yeah. The reason you would do it would be to like honor your known needs. Yeah. In this case, he it seems pretty clear that like what he needs is to investigate why this 
is so disruptive to him. This thing that is somebody else's life. It's not his life. It's like, doesn't really directly come into his life. It's just her as an individual spending time with friends, posting pictures, promoting her stuff, whatever. Like the fact that that bothers him so much is very much his work. Right. And he is not, well, maybe we'll do a little role play to like do that. But you have something. I mean, benefit of the doubt, like maybe, you know, like his therapist seemed pretty with it from that documentary. Like Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I'm imagining they, they do examine why these things are so triggering for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that's pure speculation. Um, So I just want to say like, you know, maybe he was looking into these things, but I, I wish that that framing was there of like, this is something that, you know, this is how it is for me right Right. now. And these are the ways that I'm actively trying to work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Rather than being like, yeah, this is how it is. It just felt like very like a slammed door. Like this is how it is. You need to like, you need to, to do things differently in order to accommodate me. Yeah. And it's like, these things trigger me a lot. So to show that you love me, you need to do these things on my terms when we all know that that won't heal whatever wounded place in him is getting activated. That's only he can do. Yeah, that's a good point. The thing that I... But it does happen in relationship. I I don't want to make the mistake of saying like, he has to figure this out on his own. Like obviously healing happens like in a relational Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And there's a world in which they had this thing and it was, you know, pointed out to him that this was problematic and it was an opportunity for him to look at that. But that I don't think happened because they broke up. Um, but what I, uh, what is, what has come to mind for me, um, in seeing this is I've been a little bit like, oh yeah, like in this moment in time, like straight men being like, I go to therapy and therefore you should think such and such about what type of person I am. And I was kind of like, I definitely have done that of like presenting myself a certain way. Like you can probably speak to what we talked about on our first date, you know, like was a lot of like that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm sure I was trying to present myself as like, well, I've like investigated a lot about myself. I've done a you know? lot of work. And it is true. It's like therapy it's you and your therapist. It can look a lot of different ways and it is really on you to bring to the table and engage with your own stuff. And how I feel is like, I've spent a lot of time in therapy just trying to understand why I feel the way I feel, but that I'm learning more and more that that does not mean equal. That does not equal doing the work to heal those things. Just because you understand them doesn't mean you've healed them. Yes, correct. Should we do a little role play? Yeah. So I'm going to try, do you want to be Jonah or Sarah? Hmm. I guess I'll be Jonah. Okay. I'm going to be like, I'm like working on my acting. So 
we're going to we're going to pretend to be them in this exact scenario as we with limited information understand but like the situation as we understand is Jonah has you know been getting dysregulated by certain things like Sarah posting pictures and spending time with certain friends from her past where who they've I don't know been a little wild in the past together whatever that means <laughs> and Jonah is trying to come to Sarah to express what he's been going through and like find a place of agreement and a way forward through this. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Way to set the scene. Um, Okay. They're walking down the beach. Oh, okay. Hey, so I have been noticing some stuff coming up for me internally Mm -hmm. and... I really kind of need you to throw me a lifeline because I'm feeling really insecure in our connection. I don't really know where I stand. Hmm. Um, I've been feeling really down on myself. I am insecure about my body, not feeling very comfortable with myself, not really liking what I see when I look in the mirror. Um, And... I look at you and you're so gorgeous and everyone knows it and people see it and you get a lot of attention and praise for it. And I just start to feel like so insecure. Like, you know, what are you doing with a guy like me? (laughs) 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 Don't look at me like that. That's what I imagine is going on underneath. If he was being honest with himself. Okay. I, I don't like, I feel like you're laughing at me. No, yes. I like what you did. I like what you did. It's very from your point of view. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which naturally. That's the only POV that I All have. All right. Can I go now? Can I be Jonah? Are you're going to you, be Jonah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go be Jonah. Well, unless you really want to. No, get we don't. I, no, I think it's really, we don't have to go back and forth. <laughs> Fuck you. Wait, why? I think you're laughing at me. I really like. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. It was funny. What was funny about it? Because just, <laughs> just the thing of you being like, yeah, she's better than him. <laughs> no, I don't think that. So what's coming, what I'm interpreting yeah. is his insecurity. Sure. That he's believing that she's better than him. Or else well, why would he have to take her that's down natural. a notch? That's natural. If someone's trying to control them, then like insecurity is obviously a of part course. of it. All right, my turn. Yeah. Okay, so this is really hard for me to talk about, but I'm just noticing that um, when I look on when I look on uh, Instagram and I see photos of you, like of your body, and I see all these people liking it and commenting, um, I'm getting really stressed out. I'm noticing I'm having this like dysregulation and fear and panic and it makes me feel this sense of chaos um, that all these people are looking at you in, from all over the world like this. And I feel really, it makes me feel really unsafe in my own body. And I am just, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm like feeling really paranoid about like who you're spending time with. And I know this is my shit coming up like this is like I'm going to a wounded place and 
I know it's not your problem and it's not your responsibility to fix this for me. But I, I just, I guess I'm looking for like some comfort and some reassurance from you. Like if maybe we could just kind of, if you could just like hear this and, um, know that like I'm working on this, but this is a reality for me that like I, I see this stuff happening and I don't feel in my right mind and it makes me want to like run yeah. because I don't, I'm not comfortable feeling unsafe in the relationship and um, I want to heal it, but it's a lot for me to heal and it's going to take time and it's, you know, it might affect some of our relationship and ability to connect. So like, I just want to make sure you understand that that's going on for me. That's so good. Yeah. He could have just said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, with all of this, it's like, I wouldn't want, you know, I've I've sent some text messages, obviously not like that, but I've sent some like some messages that I would not want to see mm-hmm. <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. And so um, it is easy for us like as outsiders to be like, he should have just done that, you know? And it's like as if it's so easy. I don't right. think it's easy. Um, and I don't think that like what he's going through is like anything to like um, – to make light of and yeah you know obviously like he's hurting um and yeah and what we're talking about what you made reference to earlier of like an opportunity for intimacy and connection was missed it's true it's like friction and relationship i you know there is potential to like engender deepening and like closeness and what he did in terms of like these are my terms obey them or i'm out there's no opportunity for closeness there because yeah. he is not uh, revealing himself right. in any way. Yeah. Um, and this is, a, this is something that hits pretty close to me and I know to you too because we have a friend who was dating someone very similar kind of dynamic where um, the person our friend was dating was asking them to cut themselves off from previous partners and even friends and under the guise of this is really disruptive to me. Like yeah. I'm really sensitive Don't to this. Don't you care about me? Yeah. Like, yeah. and our friend was constantly backpedaling and like trying to, and was worried about being abandoned because this set up a, a dynamic of I'm, I could go, you know, like you, the things you've done even before we met are already a problem for me. Yes. They're already disrupting me. So like you have work to make up for already, even though we're just starting. You start in a hole. Right. Yeah. Even the first day that you met, that you meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then there's, there's, you're always trying to climb out of that hole and you actually never can because the person that's making it your problem, even if you meet all the conditions, say Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to cut myself off from all these friends. I'm never going to talk to my male friends ever again. Right. Because that doesn't, when you do that, they realize that didn't make me feel better. Right. Right. So then a new condition comes in. Yeah. Now you have prove to prove it this. to me again. Right. Prove it to me again. And then they do that. And it's like, it's never enough. By the way, it's never enough. It's never. Because the target is is con- is always moving. So uh yeah, obviously be on the lookout for that. Uh but I do just want to say, yeah. 
there were, there are some takes online with regards to this of like see how strategic men are, see how mm. kind of like evil and conniving they are, which of course they are. <laughs> but in this case, like I just think a lot of guys are like are not doing it on purpose and I don't think that makes it any better. But in some ways I feel like it's almost worse because they're sort of like, they're like, I didn't mean to. And like, yeah, I wasn't doing it on purpose. And so then I just feel like they don't, they just don't take responsibility. Yeah. I don't think the people that are doing it on purpose take responsibility either, but I just feel like this, this is almost sneakier or mm. something. Um, so it's just harder, I think, to um, identify. Yeah. In people. And it's like the part, the other thing we didn't mention about therapy is like, it's part of the therapist's job to validate and affirm their client. And I think, and this happened with our friend, someone can go to a therapist and the therapist would be like, yeah, you know, like your pain is real. Like you are a victim of these ways in some ways. And, you know, in these ways you're a victim of these things in these ways. And someone can take that and be like, well, my therapist is on my side. So like, I'm right. Yeah. And that happened with our friend where in my, from my, where I stand, the person they were seeing went to therapy for the first time (laughs) when they were having this friction. And the person was like, well, my therapist agrees with me. Yeah. It's like, hello. (laughs) That is so... (laughs) That is so like a specific thing that you are making up like yeah. uh, the rules to. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast. So please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps. <laughs>